Oxcast, your weekly roundup of all the best things happening in and around Oxford. Today is Wednesday the 4th of November and I'm here with Orla. I'll be talking about ethics, eyeballs and emigration. And Mike. I've got beavers, bonfires and British art. And I've got Todd, time and tea rooms. So to kick us off we've got Mike with our Oxford fact. Yeah, so black whales have just started offering a stamp the, uh, so when you buy a book, you can get the stamp um, in there and it's got a beaver on it. And this is kind of an old mascot that they've got. And it was um, based on an engraving from Reynolds Stone that was commissioned by Sir Basil Blackwell. Uh, it symbolises the virtues of diligence, constructiveness, swimming in all weathers and good humour. So this kind of inspired us to think about Oxford mascots and animal logos and things. So we've got some, some fun ones for you to think about. So obviously, Oxford United have Ollie the Ox and Olivia the Ox. Um, they kind of bounce around at every home game. And are also, we're told, available for special events. Um, Natural History Museum has the dodo, which they're very, very proud of. This dodo was brought to Europe and exhibited in John Tredescant's London Museum. And um, when he died, his collections were transferred to Elias Ashmole. So the dodo ended up in um, Oxford. And now the museum still has a mummified head and foot which doesn't sound like much, but um, it's still the most complete remains of any single dodo in the world. So they're very proud of that. Um, other things, Lincoln College has the Lincoln Imp. So Lincoln Cathedral, the imp is part of a uh, 14th century legend that two mischievous imps haunted the cathedral and an angel came down to deal with them. Deal with them. Deal with them. <laughs> uh, turned the boulder one to stone um, and the other one hid and so the angel let it go. So Lincoln College, because it's obviously sponsored by uh, the Bishop of Lincoln, in 1899, commissioned a kind of copy of the Lincoln Imp, which is placed above the entrance to the hall. Kind of in 2000, it was getting a bit dilapidated. So they commissioned a new one and put the old one down in the bar, which is fun. And then to finish off with our own mascot, the Daily Info Dragon. <laughs> the only reason we have it, and you will see it all over the website and on our year plans and things, um, is because the founder, John Rose, just loved dragons. Yeah, in uh, Womba Road, where Daily Info used to be, there's still a few stone dragons that you can find in the sort of undergrowth of the garden. <laughs> um, dragons all over the place. Thanks, Mike. Right, on to our events for the week. Orla, what have you got? Well, there's a philosophy festival on at Blackwell's this week. It's actually starts on Monday, uh, but there's still loads of events um, that are going to be happening. Also, everything is free, uh, which is even more exciting. So some of the things you can go to. At lunchtimes, there are going to be a couple of short talks. They're going to be hosted by Nigel Warburton, who produces the Philosophy Bites podcast, which has um, loads of subscribers. Tomorrow at one o'clock, he's going to be talking to Tim Williamson, who's from the University of Oxford and specialises in logic, language and epistemology. On Friday, he'll be talking to Peter Adamson, who is a fellow philosophy podcast creator. He makes the History of Philosophy Without Any Gaps podcast which so far has like 250 episodes and he's only up to the 13th century um, I actually really want to start listening to that I think it's actually cool <laughs> then the history of philosophy without any gaps has its own event on Friday from 7 till 9 with OUP also at Blackwell's Peter Adamson again will be there and I think he's got a book out that accompanies the podcast series then on Saturday is the main day for the philosophy festival there's going to be stuff on all day long including a very short introductions global philosophy forum then there'll be the great war debate a philosophy drop-in clinic the gender gap talk everyday ethics and front-facing philosophy 
all of these talks are free. You can register to go along um, if you want to get a seat, but if not, then you can still go along and stand at the back and still get involved. Um, as I say, they're all free, uh, running till Saturday, and they're on all day. I would check the Blackwell's websites for particular times. It sounds like there's something for everyone there. Yeah, I'm definitely going to get along. <laughs> now on to theatre for this week. Uh, we've chosen Sweeney Todd at the new theatre. I'm sure you're all very familiar with the musical, um, but this time it's being performed by the Welsh National Opera. So Sweeney Todd tells the story of the demon barber of Fleet Street and his drive to seek revenge against the wicked Judge Turpin, with the help of pie enthusiast Miss Lovett. Helen Bonham Carter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously, quite a lot of people would know the story of Sweeney Todd from the excellent film by Tim Burton starring Johnny Depp and Helen Bonham Carter. But this version of Sweeney Todd is not set in the Victorian period. They brought it forward to the early, to the late 70s, early 80s. So it's quite interesting. Mm. And the aim is to show that it's not just Todd who's insane, but a society as a whole. Uh, <laughs> so it's sort of the haircuts will have changed more to afros. Isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it'll be quite interesting. This used to be, or oh, it's still one of your favourite musicals, isn't it? It is still one of my favourite musicals. Do you guys have a favourite musical? I've got a soft spot for Jesus Christ Superstar. I've never seen it. Quite it's quite fun. Yeah, I love the Jungle Book, but really like loads of musicals. So, yeah, this performance is sung in English, so you don't have to worry about trying to read subtitles while enjoying the music, and it's approximately three hours long with one interval. What story would you guys like to see turned into an opera? Think of all the stories mm. ever. All oh all God. of the stories. All of the stories. Well. A lot of the fairy tale operas that are aimed more as children's operas, I really like. So there's a really good one by uh, Engelbert Humperdinck, not the not the recent one, who is a 19th century composer, and that's that's Hansel and Gretel, and that's loads and loads of fun and has really magical music and is um it's usually performed around Christmas. It's usually one every year. I saw that at Garsington a couple of years ago. It was amazing. It's really good fun. They had this storybook that took up the whole stage, and then during the overture, they turned over the page and a pop-up house popped out of it. Wow, that's cool. amazing. Mm. Um, so yes, more fairy tales, more please. More fairy tales, nice. <laughs> D.I. the musical. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Bagsy not singing. <laughs> You'll be in the orchestra. I can't play anything. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be front of house. <laughs> Sorry. So if we've maybe talked you into going to see Sweeney Todd, it's on at the New Theatre from Thursday until Saturday, starting at 7.15pm. Tickets start at 17.90. Okay, so this week is um, Bonfire Night. So the Daily Info website has a huge page of all the firework displays in Oxfordshire, so you can remember, remember which one to go to. <laughs> um, so check that out. But we've done a little roundup of sort of ones that we recommend as well. I mean, there are loads and loads happening around the county, but um, yes, here are three good ones. So on Thursday, Dorchester John Thames is having the first display in 20 years, wow. which is fun. Um, and they've got loads of locally sourced food and Winter Pims, and sounds like a fun one for everyone living I'm around so there. I'm so keen that it's like Pims and mulled wine season again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very, very, very exciting. <laughs> um, but then there are two good ones on Saturday. There's obviously the Oxford Roundtable um, fireworks display, which is in South Parks. Um, that's the big one with the fun fair and the Jack FM live music stage. Loads of food tents and the big bonfire, and you know it's all good fun. Gates for that are at 4:30, and it's six pounds for an adult family, fifteen pounds. But if you fancy a kind of smaller event, then at Barracks Lane Community Garden, um, they've got their Night Lights event, which is a bit quieter in families and a bit smaller. They've got music, stories, bonfires, fire whirling and fairy gardens. 
as well as um, pizza from their wood burning oven. And that's uh, open slightly earlier, 3.30pm, and is suggested donation of £5 a household. This week, I was lucky enough to talk to Jack, creator of Smoke and Time, who talked me through the tasty menu he's offering up this November. So on November's menu, we've got coriander pesto with home-baked bread and mm-hmm. harissa, then slow-braised lamb with celeriac, cumin and saffron rice, and toast ice cream for dessert. Toast ice cream? Yeah, that's a specialty of mine. It's inspired by a passage in Alice in Wonderland. The drink me potion mm. is described as having six different flavours, and it's like pineapple, turkey, roast ham, and then toast. And I was like, hang on, that's the one that's not like the others. Toast isn't a flavour. Toast is a thing that things <laughs> go on. But I got obsessed with the idea of a, of a toast-flavoured thing, and so I, I tried to make a toast-flavoured ice cream. And it worked really nicely. I put a honeycomb in it, which sort of gives you the crunch of the toast. But the flavour itself, which, you know, generally just tastes like toast, comes from a couple of hot buttered slices of toast that get soaked in the custard until they're completely tender and then blended up and churned in the ice cream mix. That sounds amazing. Yeah, it's pretty great. People often ask me if it's like brown bread ice cream, which uh, I know the Modern Arms do and a couple of those... But actually it isn't, because that's very much about the texture of it. This doesn't have the texture of toast, it just has the flavour. And then just a little bit of crunch from the honeycomb. Mm. But yeah, it's really cool, and everyone loves that one, and uh, one of my favourites. To book your slot with Smokin' Time, check out his website, smokin'time.com, and to find out Jack's favourite dish, what inspires him, and about his very fishy Christmas menu, listen to the Oxcast Extra. I had some of his food at the library before where he does pop-up residencies and it is really good. He did a good pulled pork bun, I think I remember. For information about food and restaurants in Oxford, check out our reviews pages. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or any other podcast client that you prefer uh, to make sure that you get it every week straight to your device. If you're looking for some musicians to help you start up your own musical theatre company, then check out our Musicians, Instruments and Kit page. Mm, It's quite busy at the moment. I think a lot of people are setting up bands. (laughs) (laughs) On to something a little uh, less appetising, though. At the Museum of History of Science on Saturday, you can go and see eyeballs and other things dissected. Uh, This is on from 12 till 4, and you could slot it in in between a couple of philosophy talks, also on Broad Street. Um, Just planning your weekend for you, don't worry about it. Um, Yes. So it's a family-friendly event, and you can um, the whole museum's free anyway, so you can wander around and see some other cool stuff, including, because I was there recently, there's an Einstein blackboard on the wall, so cool. which is from when Einstein came and did a lecture in Oxford, and it's just seven lines that proves the expansion of the universe, and <laughs> it's like, incredibly elegant and, and cool. I suppose um, that's what scientists do, isn't it? They don't sign books. They just go, oh, yes, I'm very clever. Here you go. <laughs> Have, a, Have a formula. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really cool. And then they've got uh, the Dear Harry exhibition that's still on as well, uh, which is about um, Henry Moseley, uh, who is potentially a Nobel laureate that never was because he signed up, joined the army, and uh, went to Gallipoli, and um, not many people came back from that, uh, but he was expected to win the Nobel Prize for chemistry if he hadn't died. Um, but that's a really interesting exhibition, also on at the Museum of History of Science. I hear you've dissected an eyeball before. I did. I did it in school. I think it was like a pig's eyeball or something, and the lens was really, really bouncy. It's like a bouncy ball. So we obviously all like took them out of our class, like, put them in our pocket and kept them and then like, threw them around the playground after. <laughs> it's kind of gross. I watched someone blow up a lung once Ooh, and everyone yeah. was feeling Ooh. sick. It's really spongy. <laughs> yeah, I didn't touch it. I didn't really want to. But 
I had to dissect the catfish once, which was incredibly difficult because their skin is so thick and like, my scalpel was not sharp. Progressive schooling. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, did you hear about the barbecue I had where we had lamb hearts? Oh, I know. I know I'm so glad great. I didn't go to that. It's really tasty <laughs> meat. <laughs> very, very cheap, too. Just go to Calorie Butchers or something. Yes, yeah. Nice. Uh, there is a new exhibition starting at Bodnar Oxford this weekend, which is fun. Um, it's by Anne Hardy and it's called Field. And I'll be heading down um, on Friday, so read my review very soon. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so Anne Hardy is quite an acclaimed British artist who's been going for a few years and has a number of fairly big exhibitions under her belt, including one at uh, Modern Art Oxford last year. Um, And she's sort of quite a very physical, immersive and comprehensive artist. And she creates full experiences, um, which is sort of illustrated by her recent exhibition in London. It was called... I'll try this. Um, Rumpf Hugug op Muau Ip. What? Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it's obviously a number of onomatopoeic noises and that kind of highlights engaging with her work and um, kind of how it works. And she's kind of characterised by very specific... This, her kind of installation, she uses found objects and found materials and photographs and light and sounds and stuff to create what on the face of it, it looks like quite a chaotic environment, but it's very, very specific and very, very controlled, um, which is quite fun, really. Um, so this new exhibition called Fields, it's got an emphasis on landscape, which is interesting because her work in the past has been fairly introspective and sort of looked at, it's created quite fictive atmospheres that would exist in your head. Um, whereas saying landscape, uh, this whole thing is quite secretive. There's no photos released yet or anything, so... <laughs> Um, we don't know what's going to happen, but landscape she's evoking through the actual real world, and so maybe we'll be recreating that kind of thing or creating installations inspired by what she's seen. Yeah, it's going to be really, really interesting. Um, and so that is starting on Saturday and runs until the 10th of January. It's open um, sort of with the opening hours of Modern Art Oxford um, and is free to look around. <laughs> Uh, There is a preview, a public preview, on Friday at 7pm. But there are also a couple of tours of the exhibition. Um, There's one on the 12th of November given by Emma Ridgway, who's the head of programme from 6.30 till 7. And also on the 26th of November, one given by Paul Tay, who's the production manager. Also at the same time. So yes, check it out, it'll be fun. I love the Modern Oxford gift shop. I don't think I've ever been able to go in there and not leave with a new notebook or a postcard or something. Yeah, I would yeah. end up with a price card from there. Yeah, it's very good for just gifts for Christmas, I think. Lots of really interesting stuff that yeah. you can find. Like sort of little art kits or make your own piggy bank. Nice mugs. <laughs> if you're already on the hunt for Christmas presents, why not check out Lulu's Vintage Fair? It's at only the... November, Katie. Come on. <laughs> hey! <laughs> we said Christmas at least three or four times now in this <laughs> episode. Christmas has Ooh. started. <laughs> already had our first mince pies. So. Yeah, it's very true. <laughs> Blah, horrible. <laughs> uh, check out Lulu's Vintage Fair at the Town Hall this Saturday from 12 until 5pm this Vintage Fair is going round the country and we're lucky enough that it's coming to Oxford it's been the winner of the best Vintage Fair in the UK since 2013 very impressive mm. didn't know that was an award I know, me neither <laughs> uh, and they've got loads of vintage clothes vintage homeware and also a vintage tea room which sounds very nice where you're served tea and cakes on vintage china. I think I'm noticing a theme here. (laughs) There's also a hair salon, which you can go to, and they can quiff 
roll and curl your locks and do your makeup in their pop-up beauty salon favourite um, so you can look like someone from your favourite era. Ooh. I just hope the cake's not vintage as well as the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe vintage recipes. Okay. But right. hopefully not a nice mouldy package from 1950s. So you go and get your hair done like a classic movie star. Yeah. so cool. It depends how vintage they go. Well, that's like a medieval queen. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I was going to ask. Uh, what vintage style do you think suits you? God. I haven't tried many, really. No. no? Probably caveman. <laughs> <laughs> That's just, you're lazy and don't want to shave. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to try 40s. Mm. I don't know. I've been told I'd see a Cavalier-style hairdo, which, mm. which would be interesting. Okay, I think we should all try these things. Yeah. <laughs> Tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> Check out our pictures on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Unlikely. <laughs> so that's Lulu's Vintage Fair at the Town Hall this Saturday from 12pm to 5pm. £2 for adults and under 12s are free. Now, there weren't many new films out last week because basically everyone was scared of going up against Spectre. Uh, <laughs> but there are a few good ones coming out this Friday, uh, so I've picked a few to chat about. Um, there's one called Burnt, which stars Bradley Cooper, and he plays an extremely driven and um, ambitious chef who just wants to be the best in the world. Um, and I think I think a lot of Bradley Cooper's performances, he's either tends to be shouty or arrogant, or both. <laughs> so this one might fit him quite well. Because, I mean, if you look at Silver Lines Playbook or... Mm. Um, American Sniper or even The Hangover or, or in fact Bradley Cooper himself yeah exactly so <laughs> it could be quite a nice fit there's also got a really good supporting cast including Emma Thompson Sienna Miller who was in American Sniper with him uh, Daniel Brühl Matthew Reese, and Omar Sy um, so that could be pretty good Brooklyn is also out which I'm very excited for it's the story of an Irish girl played by Saoirse Ronan who emigrates to New York in the 50s and um, it's about her dealing with uh, homesickness, loneliness, and a love triangle. Um, it's adapted by Nick Hornby from the best-selling Colin Thobin novel of the same name, which was long listed for the Booker. It's got 100% on Rotten Tomatoes so far, Whoa. from 34 reviews, uh, which is pretty impressive. Um, it's, again, it's got a really good supporting cast, including Julie Walters, Jim Broadbent, Stonewall Gleeson, and Emery Cohen. And apparently Ronan is just amazing and you can expect like awards tips and wins maybe for her. And the last one is He Named Me Malala, which is a documentary about Malala Yousafzai telling her story from before she was shot in the head to her recovery and winning the Nobel Peace Prize last year and up to the present day. Um, so I think it could be a really interesting documentary about an incredibly inspirational woman. So. Mm, yeah, so she was the one who uh, spoke out against, well, for female education in, pa in Pakistan. Yeah, so um, edu education for girls and um, sort of liberation for girls in general as well. Um, she now lives in Birmingham, in the Birmingham area after she came over for treatment. Um, but Burnt is on at George Street in View from Friday. Brooklyn at George Street View and Phoenix, and he named Malala is at Maudlin Street to Odeon and View as well. But you can find full cinema listings of these films and uh, many others on dailyinfo.co.uk. See what other free exhibitions are happening this week and next week uh, by checking out our What's On page. And don't forget, you can also follow us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram at Daily Info Oxford. Mm. 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 Daily, daily.